Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Combat Sports Saturday Slate here in beautiful Lawrence Road, Holland Park, Greenville. From 12 to 6 p.m., the Experiences Vintage Market is going on. 30 plus vendors with anything from vintage to streetwear to even shoes. And on top of that, awesome selections of vinyls, jewelry, all that good stuff. This is definitely going to be the place for you. So come on out 12 to 6 p.m. by the time this podcast gets uploaded. So now, guys, anyways, enough with the chit-chat of the intro. We have a great lineup of fights for this weekend as we have UFC Fight Night Green versus Dawson. Now, first matchup, Montana Montana De La Rosa versus JJ Aldrich. So, for De La Rosa, in her last fight, I mean, she was caught up a little bit against Tatiana Suarez. I mean, and for Suarez to come back the way that she did, you know, outlanding and eventually, you know, using that wrestling pressure that makes her so special, and that's like one of the reasons why she is undefeated currently in the UFC. Um, so, basing off of how Aldrich fought in her last fight, which she won a pretty convincing and a pretty convincing performance as she was able to finish uh, uh, Liang Na. Great performance from her. Um, so one thing is De La Rosa cannot be succumbed to the pressure that that she that she was a victim to the last time out against Tatiana Suarez. And this time against JJ Aldrich, she really she really is going to be very very aggressive with how she does things i mean she has a very flat-footed style a little bit more wrestling than than uh we're used to seeing her and when you watch her when you watch her in her last fight i mean she added a little bit more footwork she was also she still was a little bit flat-footed but she she was landing great counters she was also moving in and out really well and then even when she was taken down on the ground by Na, she was able to scramble out and get to where she needed to be which that's one of the things that really made that win so special for her and she was able to land mean ground and pound from top position now for that one it's definitely going to be a little bit of a toss-up considering how they're kind of night and day sometimes watching them but for this one i think jj alvich is going to continue her winning ways now the next one we have is nathan manis versus mateus uh mandoka i think that's how you say it. it's a really good matchup for these two so manis one thing that Manis is, I mean, he is a really tough dude. I mean, and on top of that, he's a really tough striker to watch. And when he fought against Tony Gravely, I remember when he got dropped in the first round, but then he came back with a big shot of his own and was able to finish. So he definitely has heavy hands, but right now he's one and two in his past three, and he suffered a, like a rough, a rough striking outing when he fought up against Umar Nurmagomedov, and he was just constantly getting outstruck and out and out grappled as well. But you know, the same thing happened in his fight against uh, Tagir Ulanbekov. So for Nathan, Nathan in this fight has a very interesting matchup versus Mendo- versus uh, Mendonka because he really possesses a great set of hands and is and is great set of kicks you know he's throwing push kicks he's throwing kicks to the legs like he's he's constantly going to be chipping away using his legs and when he gets overwhelmed on the ground and pound against against a wrestler like in his last fight against Javid uh, Basharat that's one thing that you really need to watch out for because if Nathan can use that exact type of wrestling pressure where you get someone down and you're and you're constantly having him in guard and you're from top position and you're constantly grinding him out with the physicality that's what they needs to do in this matchup but i think mendonka is probably going to be a little bit more elusive on the feet so therefore i think mendonka is probably going to win this one by decision now vanessa demopoulos versus kanako murata now for little De- uh for Le- little monster man i mean little monster she's literally the embodiment of a of a freaking human golden retriever and the one thing for her in her last fight, she kind of just got a little bit shut down with how uh, Karolina Kovacevic, she really, she really dominated her, she dominated Vanessa on the feet. And 
for for her she would just she was constantly being walked backwards and on top of that she was just getting outlanded and the thing is for Vanessa she is definitely special with her with her background in, in BJJ and on top of that she does have great striking with her Muay Thai and when she's able to search for takedowns she can really get on on the top position and she has beautiful speed with how she can throw the leg kicks and then she really has pretty good hands as well so especially when it comes to her straight punches her straight punches are some of the best that she has but like I said she really needs to push back Murata and Murata is a very great very 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 good grappler but i mean when she before she lost to carolina though we saw one of we saw one of vanessa's best performances and, and that was against maria Oliveira. i mean she's able to to have a high landing rate land big takedowns and on top of that she was able to get inside that long reach of maria Oliveira. so for Murata though i think she is very very quick with her feints with the ability to move in and out her her entrances and exits those are some of the best things that she has in her game and if she can control vanessa on the ground and make her go backwards constantly and possibly get takedowns against the cage i think that vanessa is definitely gonna have a little bit of a hard time but she has shown that that she can submit people on the back and she got dropped and then when she secured that mean arm bar for one of her biggest wins in the ufc that's that's what she can do she's good for, she's really good from the back and she has sneaky submissions so this one is definitely going to be a, a toss-up but whoever is the aggressor in this fight wins and i think murata is probably going to win this one due to the level of aggression that she brings to the table <clears throat> now the next one we have is uh Quilang aori now this is a really big one right here versus uh johnny M uh, munoz so so for Aori, I mean, the man is a very dangerous finisher with power in his hands. So he will be looking to bounce back after a, a nasty KO loss to uh, Ayman Zahabi. So when he fought Cameron Else, man, I mean, he showed great power, composure, and on top of that, speed on the feet. I mean, because he'll go from composed, he'll, then he'll maybe throw a flying knee in there. And when he landed that big body shot and shut down Cameron Else and just finished him on the ground, that was one of the best finishes that you can see that that really showcases what a body shot can do to someone and when when he fought Munoz when he fought Jay Perrin I mean even though even though he was barely outstruck by Perrin he was a little bit out wrestled and he won a very close contest but for Aori I think that the wrestling he, he can he can definitely make great great wrestling takedowns if he needs to but for Munoz I mean he's definitely gonna have to use more activity on the feet in order to hang with uh to hang with Aori because you know, in his last matchup against Daniel Santos, he was outstruck, out-wrestled, and that Santos style that he brought, I mean, he was constantly getting the takedown, and he was just holding him down for a little while, and he was still getting the better of him on the feet. So for this one, I think that Aori's probably going to win this one. Now, the next one we have is Carolina Kowachevic versus Diana Belbita. Now, for Carolina, like I said, she put on one of her best performances that we've seen her put on in a long time. And I'm talking about, like, what I mean by a long time, this is the type of Carolina that made it made it to the title fight with Joanna uh, Joanna Young Jacek. That's one of the things that she was able to do this past time out against against uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. I mean, she outlanded, constantly walked forward, and on top of that, she's landed over fifty percent of her strikes. Man, I mean that. Now, if that if that ain't something, I mean, I don't know what is because she went on a little bit of a lengthy losing streak, a five fight losing streak, and then for her to bounce back the way that she's been doing. This is great, and who knows? If she can win this fight against against the Warrior Princess, she definitely has a chance to to march back into the top 15, top 10 of, of uh, 115 pounds. But I don't know if she's going to be able to compete 
at the weight class for a belt again. But I'm just saying, if she's able to put on those types of performances where she walks forward and she constantly brings that that pressure on the feet, she is definitely going to be a problem for this division. But Belbita, man, I mean, Belbita, she has a very great style. And for her, I mean, she has a very high guard who has her chin down, you know, possesses technical striking with leg kicks and great entrances with her striking piece and shots together. And in her last fight, she was able to land over 50% of her strikes. And the thing is for her, man, I mean, she's she's able to, I mean, when she fought Maria Silva, she was able to land over 50% of her shots. And the fact that she was able to keep her down, the fact that she was able to, to keep, to keep, uh, she was, she was getting grounded, um, a little bit with the wrestling she was getting taken down a few times by Oliveira, but once she got back up she found the rhythm and then she just she really has that that uh it factor when it comes to her different types of muay thai that she brings in those strikes yeah and then uh the next one well if i have to pick one for that one it's probably gonna be uh diana belbita though i mean i like i like carolina but i don't know i think belbita is probably gonna get this one by a comfortable win now the next one we have is alexander hernandez versus bill algio now for Hernandez. I mean, he's been around since 2018 and he's faced some of the best guys at 155 at one point. I mean, but I mean, a lot of the vets he's fought are guys like Donald Cerrone, Jim Miller, Drew Dober, but this time he's going to be making the walk at 145. Now, he has pure aggression just like when he fought against Mike Breeden. I mean, he constantly moved forward a million miles an hour, constantly circling out with throwing, throwing feints. And on top of that, you know, just like circling out and then try to wrestle but then eventually he just finished he finished it by bringing that aggression and that power that he brings in his hands and if he can bring that high output he can definitely he can definitely you know finish fights but the only problem is if he gets too aggressive he can get he can get caught into a firefight and then he's going to be susceptible to getting to getting hit now the next one we have is bill algio i mean for him for him versus uh, for him versus uh, for him versus Alex, man, it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup because his karate is definitely on a whole nother level, man. I mean, he's really fun to watch. I mean, when he fought against T.J. Brown, even though he was getting clipped a little bit by a brawler, he was able to constantly clip him on the feet with the jab. And his biggest problem with him is that he uses like those those whipping kicks and those powerful strikes, and he really keeps those this fight at distance. And he and he tries to get this fight at range, and that's exactly what he needs to do against Hernandez because if Hernandez can keep this fight at range and constantly use that jab and maybe throw those sidekicks that he knows how to do just like Stephen Thompson it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup to see how Aljo matches up on the feet so for this one even though Aljo is definitely a more technical striker I think that Alex is going to close the distance and probably get a finish in this one now the next one we have is Felipe Linz hmm? you gotta move the cars I don't want to stop you now the next one we have is Felipe Linz versus Ion Kutalaba. Now for for Linz, I mean Linz definitely has power, and he really showed it with his win against OSP, and he he really overwhelmed him early and was able to land mean shots with uppercuts, hooks, and just overwhelmed him in the first round. I mean that's one that's one of his biggest wins, uh, and you know someone like OSP who's been around for such a long time. I mean for for that's like a really that's like a trademark win for someone to have to to kind of move forward into into 205 and for him with him to perform better i think in this matchup against uh Max, maxime grisham he was a little bit overwhelmed but i mean he tried to secure the takedown over and over and over but for this fight against against kutalaba man kutalaba is such an explosive guy i mean even though he's gotten finished against against multiple guys He's gone up against some of the who's who in the in the 205 division. I mean, Teixeira, Ankalaev, Span, Johnny Walker. Those are just to name a few. 
But the one thing that Kutalaba really has is that physicality that he brings. And he might not be, you might not have like an eight pack and have like freaking like these huge biceps or anything like that, but he is so physically strong. And on top of that, like his pure ox strength, I mean, he has beautiful sweeps. And on top of that, he's going to be looking to use his physicality to push guys up against the cage like he just did against Tanner Bozer and was able to finish him in convincing fashion. So, and on top of that too, not even just his sweeps are good. I mean, his, like when he's, when he's got a clinch, like the sweeps that he brings against the cage, really well done. And then on top of that, when he can change levels and get the double leg, that's one thing that he really kills it at when it comes to the wrestling. And I think that Kutalaba, with his with his type of technique with his wrestling, I think he's going to be able to overwhelm him and just and just constantly have his way with them. So I think I, I think Kutalaba is probably going to get this one by by submission. Now the next one we have is Drew Dober versus Ricky Glenn. Now or Rick Glenn, Ricky or Ricky, I don't know. I mean Rick or Ricky, I don't know. But the next one we have is Drew Dober, man. I mean Drew Dober, he's definitely been around at 155 for a long time. Former tough competitor. I mean. But, I mean, right now, he just had his three-fight KO streak snapped against Matt Frivola in a freaking war that only finished off in the, in the first round, but they were swinging for the fences. But one thing that's so interesting to watch when you when you watch Drew Dober is his composure, man. I mean, and you saw that when he fought against Terrence McKinney, um, you know, where Drew got dropped by Terrence, got clipped and was hurt multiple times, but then he got back up, weathered the storm, and then McKenney secured a few takedowns. I mean, he played, he, he fought the fight pretty well, but then Drew got back up and after being on his back, you know, he stood up and then just dropped McKenney. And then after that, just followed up for a finish. So he definitely has, has the, uh, the grit and the toughness to, to make it there. But here's the thing. He's been finished a few times before in his career and he can only take so much damage. So the one thing that you really have to watch out for as well is that he is really good at cutting off the octagon, standing right in front of guys, and that's exactly what he tried to do with Frivola, and just Frivola landed a mean shot and knocked him out clean. Um, and for Dober, he has the wrestling power, heavy hands, aggressive style. He stands in front of guys and will be looking to get into a nasty war here against Glenn. So... Um, I think I think though with Glenn, man. I mean, Glenn's coming off of a KO loss against Christo, uh, Christos Giagos, and for him, uh, before that, he had a draw against Grant Dawson, showing that showing that he can compete against some of the best guys. But right now in the UFC, or like, well, right now in his last three performances, he's won one and one, one win, one one loss, one draw. And right now, he's going to be looking to finish the season veteran in Dober. And when he fought Silva in his return, I mean, he show, he, co he showcased a, a high guard with long-range, bouncy footwork. And he landed a deadly counter that dropped Silva and followed up to finish him on the ground. And when he fought up against Dawson, it's super close draw. And it showcased that he can definitely face one of the best in the division, like I said. I mean, he literally he literally drew with a guy that's in the, in the main event right now um, for this event. And when he faced Yagos, I mean, he showed more of a flat-footed style with a pressing forward style, switching stances, establishing range with the with the lead hand, uh, moving forward. But Yagos just had more speed and just urgency. And and when you have that, and you're not necessarily trying to press forward, someone's going to eventually try to get into your range and is going to try to land that big shot. And you can establish range, but you you can't just do that when someone's just going to constantly aggress because you can land that counter shot sure but eventually like a lot of the times i mean it's kind of like a 50 50 kind of situation but the aggressor can sometimes land that devastating shot to finish uh but for this one i really think that dober's probably going to come in here show a little bit show a little bit more of the wrestling and finish him on the ground now the next one we have is a fun one i'm really excited to watch how this one goes because we have alex morono versus joaquin buckley now 
from Morono. I mean, this man is a welterweight savage. He has the ability to put lights out and punish opponents on the feet. But some of his best finishes are against veterans. And we get that. In his last fight against Tim Means, man, those striking exchanges were so freaking fun to watch. Considering how well Morono is able to enter an exchange with the hands and counter with a beautiful submission to secure the win. Um, but no, like this matchup is going to be so fun to watch on the feet and who knows, we might be able to see some wrestling here, but I, in my opinion, when it comes to, when it comes to the striking, I want this fight to stay on the feet, man, because, you know, ever since Buckley, I mean, Buckley, you know, he came off of a loss, uh, at 185 to Chris Curtis and Chris, Chris, man, like I just wish we could have seen those two have a straight up boxing match, man. Cause Chris Curtis's boxing is so much fun to watch. Just like Sean Strickland. But, uh, you know, Buckley in his last outing, I mean, he went down to 170 and, and finished Andre Fialio. But the thing is that a lot of people know about Buckley, man, is that Buckley isn't just like a regular guy that um, will just constantly... He's, he's not a guy that will constantly just, you know, throw a jab out there and anything like that. He has explosive movements, and he adds so much explosive speed and power to his movements when he's entering. And, you know, when he circles out, he faints, he moves in and out, he uses his footwork to land leg kicks. I mean, he can land uh, kicks to the body, kicks to the legs, and then maybe a kick up top if he needs to. And... When when he fought up against against Curtis, man, I mean, he was able to land good shots on Curtis, but a lot of them were getting blocked because Chris has such great defense on the feet when it comes to that boxing defense. And, you know, his educated hands with a jab uh, to the body and you know, up top and along with those kicks to the legs, I mean, he throws great combinations. And when he fought against, like, Fialio, I mean, he, he threw more than he landed. Uh, and, and it didn't really matter because he was able to use that forward pressure and constantly push Andre back. And that's what I think he's going to try to do to Alex. But if Alex could, he could probably get another counter submission win, but that's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. So for this one, I think it's probably going to be, I think it might be uh, Joaquin gets another finish for that one. So I think he's probably going to go with uh, a KO later on into the fight. Now, the next one we have is Joe body bags, Pfeiffer or, or Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Now, for Joe, I mean, I remember watching him live uh, at UFC at UFC 287 when he fought against uh, Gerald Mur uh, Gerald Murchart, and uh, that win over GM3 was a great win. I mean, the dude is so tall at 185, and and on top of that too, like he came forward with a bounce in a step, and even though he might not have like such a wide stance, that's a good thing because I mean he has such a great frame for the division, and you know he's tall, rangy with power, and when he exits. Well, no, no, not exits. When he moves into exchanges, that's when he's the most dangerous. Because when he fought up against against Mearshart, first he he blocked a kick. The, the finishing sequence was he blocked a kick, and he made Gerald go against the cage and close the distance with a mean left hook, kind of caught him up to the temple, and then followed up with a big shot, you know, falling up and, and just finished him. And, you know, he's had great, he's had great performances thus far, um, ever since losing onto the Contender Series a while ago and then came back and won. Uh, but you know he's he's so far he already has a few he has a few streaks that are going on right now when it comes to finishes. I mean right now he's he's on a three fight TKO win streak, and when he gets that forward pressure like that forward pressure that he brings, he can really really cause trouble on the feet, and that's when he can be more dangerous and he can finish convincingly. And for Al Hassan, you know he's very he's a very heavy hitter as well, and he has such composure and he is such an elite threat when it comes to that knockout power. And when he fought Alessio DiCirico, I mean he landed that that one devastating shot to the head with the head kick. He caught him circling out left. Chicarico just just ducked right into the kick and just knocked him out. 
And when he fought up against Claudio Ribeiro, I mean, he was just looking to stand right in front of him with his flat-footed style, finish the fight with his power, and eventually enforce his wrestling and caught and, and just fought with a wide stance. And, you know, it looked like he could have done a little bit better with how he uh, landed shots because he looked like he was telegraphing a little bit. But, I mean, for him to land... For him to land, you know, 70% of his strikes, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, you want those types of high landing percentages in your fights whenever you're fighting in the UFC. And for him, uh, with with the ability that he can, I think that he really needs to counter that forward pressure that that Pfeiffer brings. Because if he does that, I think that Al-Hassan can definitely make this fight an interesting one. Because this is definitely Pfeiffer's uh, biggest test so far this, this time out. Um... But for this one, I think I think uh, I think Pyfer's just going to be a little bit too much with the forward pressure and finish him on the feet, probably in the second round. Now the next one we have is Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. Now, for these two guys, definitely on two different ends of the spectrum when it comes to the UFC landscape. I mean, you already know Bobby Green has really said that he doesn't really care about a title, yada yada yada. He wants the money, he wants to pay off his house, everything like that. You know, just keeping it real, as he says. Um, but listen, man, like this man has been with so many killers in the in the octagon before. I mean, he's fought up against Edson Barboza, Dustin Poirier, Landon Venata, uh, you know, Ally Aquita, which is like one of the first finishes I saw him uh, after like fully getting into this. And on top of that, when he fought against uh, Tony Ferguson most recently, I mean, dude, his striking, even though it looks like so cocky on the feet with him, with him, uh, you know, moving forward and, and having his hands down, you know, he's so slick with his speed and how he's able to throw those one twos and just any shots like from different angles. And, you know, like I said, when he fights with his hands on that boxing style, he definitely, he definitely encourages that confidence. And like for him to, to fight with his hands down and land with his speed and his power, that just goes to show how slick he is of a boxer. And when he fought against Ally Quinta, he had a slick one-two for the dub and dropped him and just finished him, man. And when he fought against, against Tony, even though Tony dropped Bobby, he was able to use that speed and that slick movement to just pick Tony apart. And, you know, when he's able to, to, take a step back and then plant that that back foot and land a mean like uh a mean right hand or left hand shot depending on the stance he can definitely impose some serious damage on whoever he's going up against and this fight versus uh grant dawson is definitely going to be an interesting one and you know he's gone up against so many great guys on short notice and like even when he fought up against islam makashev i mean that's exactly what he did he took it on like two weeks notice and he dropped from like 190 to 155 or 150 like 150 Eight, I think it was, but I mean, for him to almost make weight in that in that amount of time, it's very unhealthy, very dangerous, but very impressive. Um, and the one thing that he has to do in this fight, he has to keep the fight at his pace, at his range, because if if Green really wanted to be a contender in the division, I think he really could. He could be not saying for a title, but I'm saying I think he could be a lot higher ranked than he actually is, and like what he's been, I think he really could. Um, but, you know, he's he's suffered times where he's gotten knocked out before. I mean, he got knocked out by Dustin Poirier when he just got a little bit too cocky. And then on top of that, he got he got caught with a mean entrance shot by Drew Dober and just knocked his lights out. So for for Bobby, man, Bobby, if he somehow keeps this fight away from the ground, I think that even though he's he showcased like he showcased a great submission last time out, I really want him to to keep this fight on on the feet to see how Grant Dawson will adapt to that, considering that Dawson in his last matchup, his his striking didn't look too great. But I mean for for him, like that's just not like necessarily his type of game. And he lands really well 
on on the ground and like he he showcases great ground and pound everything like that anything that you want when it comes to a, a grappler's ideal um type of type of uh performance you know you want that type of thing where you take the back and and you control the opponent for a long period of time and maybe you sink into submission and then you win um but you know for for dawson man i mean dawson is one of the more serious threats when it comes to the ground game of 155 i mean you have guys like you have guys like Islam, Charles, Benil, um, even even Poirier sometimes. Not necessarily like the old Poirier when he was able to, to you know, go in with slick submissions. But with Dawson, man, I mean, like his his wrestling is so is so relentless. And like, I mean, the way that he just defeated Demir Ismagulov, he switched it up so well, man. And like his transitions are so good. And and when he fought Demir, 12 minutes out of out of the out of 15 minutes of control time, 12 minutes of control time out of the 15 minutes of the contest. I mean, you can't get much better than that. And like when it comes to control time, when it comes to fights, and he constantly looks for the takedown. And you know, even though he's gotten clipped before, I mean, he got clipped versus uh, Madsen in one of his fights, and he landed a shot to the head and like almost kind of dropped him, just kind of stunned him for a minute. But then he just got his composure back and was able to finish. So. For him, man, Dawson, if he gets this fight against the cage and isn't given enough room to shoot against the cage, if if Bobby if Bobby closes the distance and gets Dawson against the cage, that's where there's going to be a big problem in this matchup. And make no mistake, Dawson is definitely going to bring that wrestling pressure. But I think, like I said, Green has to keep this fight at range. But ultimately, I see Dawson probably just taking this fight to the ground whenever he wants to and probably submitting him early. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Combat Sports Saturday Slate, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.